Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, holla at your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And here in the second week of Black History Month, as we continue to examine the parameters of what does and does not make a black film, we we have to we had to improvise and pivot very quickly. Mm-hmm. We won't be doing a white man's burden and asking about that film, but we will be asking if a film that stars a biracial, racially ambiguously presenting actress in a role that is not necessarily black coded, a black film. So we really are going about kind of examining the parameters. Like I feel like, like at the end of the night, when you go around the house and check that all, everything is locked up and Mm -hmm. closed up. I feel like that's what we're doing this month. Like we're walking around the Michelle Citadel. Okay. And seeing exactly where the markers are for, for, you know, where, what is our territory? You're right. You're right. We're so, actually uh, like claiming the territory. Right. This is, we're here, we're here. This, this, that. this is a black film. This is a black film or this is, you know, everywhere the sun touches right. is a black film. You want to tell them what the movie is? Oh, that film would of course be Flashdance. <laughs> 1983's Flashdance. With Jennifer Beals. And Michael Norrie. And Michael, well, certainly we can't forget Michael Norrie. We cannot. But before we get to all of that, how are you, Lynn? I'm doing very well, Vincent. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. We, we got a bit of weather here in Philadelphia. Yeah, but yeah. Kind of came and went. But. It came and went, you know, some places it, the, we got a little bit of snow, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. stuck some places. Some it places kind of like... It did. You know, it's gone around my house. Yeah. But I understand it's still very much around yours. It's, it's still around my way if you didn't shovel. Oh. So, so, you know, got out there and shoveled, did the thing. Okay. Yeah. Your son's not old enough to get out there with a shovel yet. Not yet. But he is, he's. He's getting there, right? Right, right, you, right, right. Have you introduced him to the I shovel? I have. You know, today was a school day, so he didn't come out. But last time we had snow, he was out with the shovel, kind of getting more in the way than not. But. But, but he was out there with it. Oh, that's right. Right. So that that is one of my favorite pictures of my daughter, Olivia, is mm-hmm. um, one of those uh, winners when we got like about 20 something inches mm-hmm. and I'm outside shoveling and she is on the lawn mm-hmm. and she the snow is up to her chest. Mm-hmm. Right. And God bless her. She's out there with a shovel and she's just <laughs> can't make she's putting more snow around her than moving it out of the way. That's right. But she's look, God knows her heart. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, shout anyway. out to each and every one of you who are watching us as we are streaming live from Young Chunk. Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace right here in Maniunk. And stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, because later in the show, we've got some big news coming to you from our good friends here at Young Junk. We are streaming to all of our friends out there 
in YouTube and Facebook. And here's sitting there in the chat, Robert Monroe Jr., Farrell Blackwell, Deborah Battle, Ashy Feet, each and every one of you out there in the chat. Hello, missionaries. Good evening, one and all. All right. As you mentioned, Vincent, we are going to be reviewing Flashdance tonight, ladies and gentlemen. What a feeling. And that promises to be like a really big, big conversation, believe it or not. I didn't think that pivoting from white man's burden like we had to at the last minute would, you know, I thought maybe like, oh, mm, sure. This might, the show might not be, might be a little uneven. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) This may be more fun. Because little do you know, Benson has been reviewing this movie for the last hour. Just a show for me this, and Dylan. This, 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 this was a movie. This was a movie. This was a movie. <laughs> this was a movie. And right now, in real time, people listening with us in the live broadcast, and after this live broadcast, when people are listening to it on the podcast, and people are saying, "Huh, I didn't think so." Right now, if you are listening to my voice, I want you to think about the last time you actually watched flash dance mm-hmm. and the answer is it has not been recently it hasn't as a matter of fact here's an experiment okay if you're watching us as we are streaming live sit back <laughs> enjoy the show but if you're w- listening to the podcast or watching this later on youtube then do yourself a favor pause yes <laughs> Go watch Flash Dance. Go watch Flash Dance. Then come back then to come this back. with fresh eyes. Yes. Because the fresher your eyes, yeah. oh, the more you will enjoy. What a feeling. <laughs> the feeling that it's about to happen. But first, we hear from you, ladies and gentlemen, and your emails that we like to call Missives from the missionaries. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Ooh. 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 Missives from the missionaries. Email number one, Vincent. Yes. Comes from our good friend across the pond, Dexter Jones. Hey, what's up, Dexter? Long time no hear from. Greetings again, fellas. My missives are usually very few and far between, but nonetheless, I'm still tuning in every week to hear your guys' reviews. Excellent. Good. The reason I write you today, though, is regarding a missive from last week um, from Calvin. Okay. Where he asked a question about black films that are universally panned by the black community. Okay. And he mentioned Soul Plane. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though I think stomping on that movie was definitely a fun thing to do once upon a time, I do get the feeling that there are a pocket of black folk who unironically laugh at Soul Plane today or at the very least appreciate it for the silly movie that it is. I personally don't know any of these people, nor have I seen the movie, but I do think I've heard some sort of favorable discussion around Soul Plane sure. in the more recent past. Sure, sure, sure. Dexter is, his hypothesis is that these fans are kind of like the colossal squid. 
Mm. Like, you know, the colossal squid. I don't think there's any actual film evidence that it exists. Right. But they've seen sperm whales with like wounds that, you know, they extrapolate just because the suckers. Yeah. They assume that the squid that left the wound is big enough that they it's a colossal squid. So they assume it's down there somewhere. Right. We just have never actually seen it. That is what Dexter is saying about the soul plane fan. They live in the bottom of the ocean and they fight with sperm whales. <laughs> he continues. <laughs> Calvin's question, however, did immediately make one film come to mind. And I thought that maybe I should toss its name in the hat for you to discuss mm. a black film. And I put black in quotations only to underline how much we all have collectively rebuked this film (laughs) that is universally panned by the black community. Okay. Is a 2016 film starring Zoe Saldana (laughs) as Nina Simone in Nina. (laughs) To characterize this movie as a letdown would be an overstatement because from the moment it was even announced that Zoe Saldana was playing Nina Simone, none of us wanted any parts of the film. I like Zoe Saldana as much as the next guy, but that casting decision pretty much told us everything we needed to know about what we could expect from that movie. Unlike Soul Plane, I did actually see Nina from the comfort of my own home. Okay. For no other reason than I'm a huge Nina Simone fan. And Mm -hmm. I felt I needed to see just how bad it was in all its audacity with my own eyes. Today, I honestly can't remember a single thing good or bad about that film, aside from the notoriously bad and tactless makeup. Perhaps it was shot well. (laughs) Anyway. What say you? Have you guys even seen Nina? Do you know anyone who likes it? Do you know anyone who's seen it besides me who who tells you that I've seen it, but you didn't see me see it? So how do you know I actually saw it? Always listening, Dex R. Jones. I was about to say, he's the only person I know (laughs) that has seen. Here's, Here's how much I didn't think anyone had seen it. Until this exact second, I wasn't sure it ever came that out. They actually released it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know that it came out because I remember looking on some platform mm-hmm. and seeing the tile, like you know, the, okay. the tile for the movie. Okay, but I've never actually seen the movie. No, and I and I I could not even be like. I think I saw the tile and was like, <laughs> it just kept it moving. Well, I think everyone saw the picture. Of her in the makeup. Yeah. And like everyone is thinking about that. It wasn't even footage. No, it was no. just that one shot of mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess we shouldn't call it blackface. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, black people wear blackface. Black people wear blackface. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, they were wearing blackface in the Oscar Michelle movies. And in, um, what, bamboozled? Bamboozled. Yeah. And the nose prosthetic and mm, well, I mean the nose prosthetic. I mean it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. I mean I'm not going to knock the nose because it you know, was terrible. But, oh, I'm knocking the nose. 
Well, I, I'm knocking. Well, you. I don't remember what the nose looked like, but I'm not knocking putting on a nose prosthetic. Ooh, is that what you're saying? Ooh, I mean, there's some people. Ooh, uh, maybe no, maybe no, baby, don't do that. Let somebody else play the role. Like, if no, there, okay, so if there has to be a nose involved, then just, just do the. Do let's a, just. Maybe we yeah maybe we need to recalculate or 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 maybe circle back around and do something else. Okay, all right. Yeah. So all right. Well, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't no, seen it. So I, seen I, it. I, I um I'm seeing in the chat. George Carmona says that this sounds like a candidate for May. If, if there ever was one, I mean, we can put it on the list. This stuff ahead of it. Well, there you go. Put it. Don't dare me. Look. <laughs> don't dare me, Vince. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm telling you. All right. Well, thank you, Dexter. Thank you. Good to hear from you, buddy. Good to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. Um, we got another email. This one's from Michael Sykes. Hey, what's up, Michael? Hello, Len and Vincent. I noticed that this year in February, your theme is, is it a black film? Mm-hmm. Great theme, by the way. Mm-hmm. I have some movie suggestions of what you might consider is a black film. Um, how about these? We're going to run through them real okay. quick. Any Given Sunday. That's a good one. The football movie. Yeah, it's ensemble. But Jamie, Jamie Foxx is arguably with Al Pacino. The co-leads. Right. Like Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino. What's the old white quarterback? What's that actor? Oh, of course, uh, he doesn't really have a whole. Yeah, he's not. A, he, he, it really this. is Pacino and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I want to say it's Dennis Quaid. It might be Dennis Quaid. I um, think it's Dennis Quaid. Yeah, but it's it's more Pacino and Jamie Foxx and then LL as a co-star. Yeah, and then it has so much history and mythology yeah. that goes along with. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm yeah. Mississippi Burning. Which I actually was just streaming on. That's on another TCM the good other day. one. That's another good one. Yeah. For, that is another for, good one. It's 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 actually we could talk about that the last week when we do the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for those who don't know, Mississippi Burning Stars um, is Gene Hackman and... Not Kevin Bacon. Not Kevin Bacon. I just I just lost his name. Um, uh, Green Goblin. Um, William Defoe. Defoe. Willem Defoe. Willem Defoe. Okay. Willem Defoe. Um, as FBI agents. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the... I get the, like... Late 50s, 60s? No, maybe the 70s. Because Well, I guess 70s? late late 60s, late 60s I think. Cause, well, because they're investigating the murder of Medgar Evers, right. I think. Or, right. is it, or is it of the three the, the three activists that were murdered? It may have been Full three. disclosure, I've never actually seen Mississippi Burning. I, and I haven't seen it since I, since I saw it in, yeah. the, in the theaters. But I think yeah. it is the three activists. And are they investigating right after the murder? Or is it a few years later? That I don't remember. That's why I was thinking maybe it's the early 70s. That's why I don't remember. Right. I remember it being a very polarizing movie. Absolutely. But an effective movie. Well. You know, well done. You know. So, but but that's, that's a good that, one. That is a good one. That's a good one. Um, Stir Crazy. I mean, any of those Gene Hackman, Richard Pryor movies, you know, I'm always going to lean towards Richard Pryor. Yeah, see, see, Stir Crazy, I think... Not Gene Hackman, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Stir Crazy, I think, fits the bill because they are decidedly partners in that. Mm-hmm. The one that I think, actually, you could actually have the argument is... Um, Silver Streak? 
Silver Streak. Yeah. Because they're not actually. Yeah, because Richard Pryor doesn't enter until later in the Mm -hmm. film. Um, And then he references, oh, he references your movie. What's my movie? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Look, that's actually almost the reverse of Stir Crazy. Because I feel like Richard Pryor is first among the equals in Stir Crazy, whereas in Lethal Weapon, it very much is Mel Gibson has more of the narrative thrust Mm -hmm. than Danny Glover. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Those are good. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. We got another email. This is from Michael Lockett. Hey, Michael. King of Blades. Brothers. Okay. Okay. First, thank you for your uh, Blackula information. I was on it with the quickness. Nice. I did another twofer, and as luck has it, they aligned. I listened to and happily rewatched Blade. Nice. Always a good time. To me, it is the most underrated and forgotten superhero film around. Let's Mm -hmm. say you two. I hear more people talk about Watchmen or even the 1960s Batman with the sharp repellent than I do Blade. Like you, I can't really found, find a downside to this movie. The subsequent ones, yes, but this joint was bumping. Mm-hmm. This film, in my opinion, pushed Wesley Snipes over the top on the fame meter. I also listened to and rewatched King of New York, which we just reviewed oh, last week. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly that this is not a black film. I think if the film had explicitly had Wesley as the lead protagonist and Walken as the antagonist explicitly trying to undo the ills he brought to the black community by doing everything in his power to be a warrior and ally for the black diaspora, then maybe there would be a debate as it is now. However, nah, keep marching, Michael Lockett. All right. Well, Thank I, you, I, Michael. Well, I agree, Michael. And if, if it was all of those things, it would have been a different movie. Exactly. Entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blade. Blade is a movie that does still get slept on, I think. And it's a shame. And it ages so, so well. well, doesn't it? It really does. It really, really yeah. does. Yeah. It holds up. Uh, and our last email, this is from Bruce Woods. Hey, what's up, Bruce? I just wanted to raise my hand. Okay. As someone who actually watches King of New York on the regular. Oh, okay. Excellent. I understand your takes on the matter, but two questions come to mind. Do you actually feel that New Jack City was a more accurate or real statement on the culture or the life? Because in his opinion, Bruce's opinion, Mm -hmm. New Jack City was a cartoon. Mm. And upon listening to every criticism you now see with the film... If the film attempted attempted to project all that would have fulfilled you, wouldn't you think the film would have been a four hour, a four hour snooze fest or needed to be an eight episode series? Personally, I think that uh, Abe, AFRR, the director's presentation of a spare condensed look into that world was a brilliant and recognizable take on that era. We don't need to go in depth. The film shows all you need to know. 
I don't care about the characters, but even today I ride with Frank White and his crew. The small elements displayed by the cast were enough for a film that was essentially a short. Oh, and cast my vote as definitely being a black film. Maybe I'm still pissed about being conned into watching Truck Turner. Anyway, keep up the great work. Oh, my goodness. Bruce Woods. Oh, Bruce, we will take no Truck Turner slander. No, you're on the show. No, and not when you throw in all these huzzahs. I was, about King to say, of I, was, New York. I was riding with you and I was about to say we all have different views and visions and opinions, but we will have no truck turner slander. No. Well, let me ask, ask you his first question. OK. Do you actually feel that New Jack City was a more accurate or real statement on the culture of, or the life? No. I don't no, think it was accurate. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's not about accuracy. No, yeah. I, I think they yeah. both, you know, deal with hyperbole, right? In regards sure. to and 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 uh, in in regards to that culture. Yeah, you know that that drug dealer culture. Um, and and I think you said New Jack City had a, like a cartoon element. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a cartoon, but it absolutely is heightened. It is heightened. It yeah. is heightened. I think I think the difference is is that New Jack City tries to play it fair on both sides. Right. That, that they try to show some development of the character of the protagonist as well as the antagonist. Right. And, you know, Wesley Snipes is, 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 is just a Goliath in the film. Like, no one is really going to match Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. in, in, in New Jack City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, even if Denzel Washington played one of the police, I think just the way it was written, Nino Brown would have eclipsed everyone. And, you know, none of the actors who portrayed policemen were Denzel Washington level of actor. Well, no, no, so none, of them, none of them were. Um. I don't know, though. I I want to think that it, Denzel in the ice tea role, which is probably meant to be the main sure. protagonist. Sure. Maybe gets that over a little bit more. Dude, the, the, look, but the, I mean, but who the, cares? The, the, the scene, <clears throat> the, the scene that has been spoofed and the most iconic scene from the film where where the crack houses get invaded and then Nino has the meeting and everybody's in black. There's nothing that matches that on the side of the police in that film. No, it's a different. Yeah, I'm just talking about the material. No. Okay. okay. You know? I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, I, I again, like you said, it's not accuracy, but yeah. I just think the new Jack city plays more fair. Sure. You know, sure. Um, King of New York. I mean, Christopher Walken is Christopher Walken, but there's so many black bodies strewn, like just blown away in that movie mm-hmm. that it really became distracting to me. And that bothered you? Well, because because none of them, I feel, are given any type of development at all. Sure. Except maybe Larry Fishburne. But again, no one is given any development. No, no one, no, yeah. no one, because even because as much as he's riding for Frank White, Frank White's not really giving that right. much development. He's just really cool. That's it. Yeah, that's it. But, but thank you, Bruce. 
But, but Bruce, you know. Watch all that truck turner talk, though. Yeah, Bruce. You know. Check yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, we got another, uh, two more emails. I'm sorry, I said that okay. was last one. We got two more. Travis Edwards hit us up. Hey, what's up, Travis? From St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank all you, right. Travis. I like when people tell us where yeah, they're yeah, from. Yeah, tell us where you are. Uh, hello, Len and Vince. The Michelle Mission is my favorite podcast. Oh. As a stay-at-home father, you guys help me get through the long days of caring for a toddler. I joined the mission late. I first listened in early 2023 and have been going back to listen to all the episodes. Today, I listened to the Jungle Fever review featuring Tommy Davison, which was great. But I again heard Vince say he puts up Spike Lee's first five films against anyone. I do. Well, I think someone who will soon be able to battle Spike Lee in that regard is Ryan Coogler. Mm. His first four films are Fruitvale Station, Creed, and Black Panther 1 and 2. Need I say more? Love to hear your thoughts. Much love, Travis from St. Paul, Minnesota. I mean, they're good. I will say this about Creed. I really like Creed. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit, part of the reason I like Creed so much is that he actually pulled it off. OK, like there's nothing about Creed that seems like it should have worked mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And yet it does. Here, I'm going to give you. Um, another one, another director who may be in the running. OK. Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins is is I'm looking is, at his filmography he's right now. There, I mean, you ain't got to look at it. We know it's Medicine for Melancholy. It's um, Moonlight. Mm-hmm. If Bill Street could talk. Mm-hmm. Wait, has he had a fourth movie? That's the thing. He did another movie in 2009 called Tall Enough that is not even listed on Wikipedia. So I don't. I don't know how much you want to count that. It sounds like it was probably. It sounds like it may have been an independent. I really heard it is. Um, his next his next directorial film because he's been producing a lot of films because mm-hmm. he produced he was a producer on all um, Dirt Roads Taste of Salt, which I told you was sure. a great movie. Sure. His next film that he's directing comes out this year, and that's Mufasa: The Lion King. Yeah. See. You haven't seen it. I have not seen it, but you know how I feel about these Disney live action computer animated money grabs. I I hear you, but it is Barry Jenkins. Look, and not five minutes ago, I said Creed is a film that should not have worked. And somehow it worked. So you say like these Disney money grabs should not have worked like Lion King. Oh, I've actually never seen one of these these Disney things that worked for me. Oh, when you didn't, then you didn't enjoy the talk about the jungle book. Like I knew you're a jungle book. dude. I I, I loved it. I knew. I know. I still haven't seen it, so I can't speak on it. So, but okay. So, all right. Look, look, all I said, right. I mean, look, it's a couple of directors who were coming around. Um, I mean, Barbie girl, Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig was because Barbie's what her third or fourth film. Yeah. Probably about that. Yeah. And she's look, she's doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to look her up just to to give her a proper since we brought her up. You know, Jordan Peele is three for three. 
Greta Gerwig, her credits are as director. Nice and Weekends, Lady Bird, Little Woman, Barbie. Lady Bird and Little Women. Good. I actually didn't see her first movie. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And, and I haven't seen Barbie, but I'm just saying these, you know, look, I'm always up for the fight. Yeah. Yeah. God bless them. All right. Um, and we've got one more email. Mm-hmm. This is from Ellis Heron. Hey, what's up, Ellis? The King of Sting, Action Jackson. That is his, the subject line. Hey, fellas, I was happy to hear the time you took out to talk about Carl Weathers passing. Yeah. It's been crazy to see how many tributes and videos are online honoring him. I always been a big fan of the Rocky series. So it was touching to see Sylvester Stallone get emotional during his video for Carl. Yeah. The cherry on top was seeing the Super Bowl commercial. Carl was involved in thanking him. Your review of King of New York is yet another that has me even more curious to check it out. I feel a little guilty for still not seeing it yet, especially with its presence in pop culture. Mm-hmm. However, I do at least know that it's fascinating that every black actor of significance in the movie has worked with Spike Lee at one time or another. I'm looking forward to your review of another movie I haven't yet seen, White Man's Burden. A funny thing happened on the way to White Man's <laughs> Burden, uh, Ellis. Um, from what I've heard, this ought to be a hoot. Yeah, yeah we were anticipating it would be a hoot as well. Funny how that happened. Uh, your boy Ellis Heron from Fort Worth, Texas. P.S. has a couple of comic book geek questions. All right. You know you like this, Vincent. Hey. Did you see the teaser trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine? And what do you think about Marvel Studios putting all their chips in on this movie with it being the only one they'll release in 2024? I mean, I saw the trailer. It was just fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the Deadpool? I like Deadpool. Yeah, I like him. I like the first one. I like yeah, the second one. Yeah. Um, it's a movie that got Leslie Uggum some more money, so I'm yeah, all about I'd that. Love all about that. Um, Marina Bacara. Mm-hmm. There for her. Um, I don't even know who that is. That's who plays his his girlfriend in the movie. Okay. Um, and uh, I like the movies and I, I, I like the trailer. You know, he having fun with the whole Disney thing. Um, there's a 20th Century Fox, you know, logo that's like shattered in the background of, the, sure. of it. So it, it looked cool. Um, you don't see it in the theater? Yeah, I probably will. Probably will. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go see it. In the, right. You know, then probably. Yeah. 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 You're not going to see it in the theater? No, no, no. I am. I, I was, you know, I think that's always a question for for these films. Yeah. Like, yeah. is this a, yeah. Yeah, I'll see it there. I mean, you know, I like to see the Marvel stuff in the theater. They, 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 they usually reward. So. Yeah. And as far as them putting all their chips in, a, in, in, like, I think some of that was COVID related. Cause a sure. lot of things got pushed back. Sure. And uh, I think it's smart to maybe just, Dial things down a little bit, especially because Marvel doesn't have any control over Sony putting out three movies in their quote unquote Spider-Man universe this year, starting with Madam Web, which comes out Is in a couple Three, because I know it's Madam Web. I think Craven. Craven, and then Venom 3 comes out at the end of the Venom end of the year. Three comes out. Okay. 
Yeah. So Marvel's kind of smart to just like, you know, let Deadpool come out there, do his thing, and let these other Marvelettes, you know, like yeah. crash and burn. Yeah, or or like you said, and and you know, I don't want to get too far, but you know, I I really do think this Jonathan Majors thing caught them flat footed. Right. A little just bit, completely yeah. Completely off guard. Yeah. Yeah, so, there's that too, most certainly. That's a thing. And it's definitely so th- it gives them a little time to kind of like course correct mm-hmm. if they need to. And and the thing about this is now that everything is streaming and it's already happened. Like I think it's been streaming now as as we record this a little over a week, talking about these young directors that I love so much. Lo and behold, shocking news. I'm glad everyone is sitting down. Marvel's is gaining fans who actually watched the movie. Oh, really? I didn't see. I haven't even. Re- yeah, I, I haven't yeah. seen the movie. Yeah, yet. there's a little. Buzz. It's streaming now. <clears throat> yeah, it's streaming on um Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, and it's already. Oh, this is actually good. It's like, yeah, never, yeah, yeah, right. Well, see, here's the thing, though. From what I understand, though, mm-hmm. from what I the buzz that I was hearing was that. It was an okay movie, but it was a movie that people more or less were kind of like waiting for it to stream. Wanted to watch it from home. They right. didn't want to pay the money well, in the theater. Well, and I also, th- you know, I think there was a lot of that kind of nerd bile that kind of changed the narrative. Okay. how well it was doing, how good it was going to be, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. You, you know, obviously because of the strike, they couldn't they promote couldn't do it, the, promote it yeah, and the publicity. Yeah, yeah. But because you saw it in the theater. I did. And you enjoyed it. I, hey, man, look, man. Did we, I, we, I think like me and you talked about it. Once you get past like the three Captain America movies, mm-hmm. the first Avengers, mm-hmm. Black Panther. Black Panther, the first Iron Man, the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Mm-hmm. None of them, like they're all, like they're all, they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah, they're all just, they're all just kind of fine. Yeah, yeah. Like you go, they all kind of are connected. Like you go because they're all connected. But as far as the ones, and even the Captain America, I say Captain America, really it's the first one in Winter Soldier. Because the third one is just an Avengers movie. Really? Right. But as far as this is a movie that stands on its own, it's like five or six of them, but the rest of them are just like, look, you like this stuff. There's the issue of the comic book that you got to get through to get to Infinity War and Endgame. So this kind of old, the Marvels, like the Marvels, Marvels was fine. It was just as good as everything. Else, it was just as good as Shang Chi. It was what I hear. Actually, Shang Chi was all right, but yeah, I enjoy Shang Chi. Yeah, Shang Chi's actually kind of good. I should have thrown Shang Chi in there. I think Shang Chi can stand on its own. I'm it, stands, saying, it stands on its own, I'm but I don't think it was Shang- like it was like super stellar. I think Shang Chi was as good as like Ant Man. Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, it was as good yeah. as Ant Man. Yeah, you know, I, and people um, hated on Quantum Mania, the Ant Man movie, the last Ant Man movie. It was fine. I I liked it. It was fine. It was fun enough. They're for me. fine. They're fine. I know. Well, you know. 
You know, I have a love-hate relationship with nerds. Of which you are one. Yeah, well, that's, and look, it's, it's, that's how come I can speak on it, because I know these, like, I know them. But I'm a, I'm a triple. <laughs> hey there, missionaries. You know that Vince and I, we love you. We do. And we're glad that you come to the show every week. It would be a huge help if you could do us a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and review the show. I know, I know, it doesn't seem like it's a lot, but trust me, it helps other people find our little mission. Absolutely. So head over to Apple Podcasts, type in the Me Show mission, and rate and review. Thank you. Keeping this not at all in theme with the movie that we are reviewing, because this is in theme with the movie that we were to review. Oh, which was supposed to be white man's was supposed to be white man's burden, which is not based on a Rudyard Kipling poem. The poem, right, right, the Rudyard Kipling poem, "White Man's Burden." Is it Rudyard? I never knew how to. I pronounce. think it's Rudyard. Rudyard. Okay, I'm gonna say Rudyard. All right, what's he gonna do? He's dead. In your face, Rudyard Kipling. In your face, Ricky Ticky Tavy. That the cartoon. Yeah, I love that movie. You, you damn right, you love Ricky Ticky Tavy. Love Ricky Ticky. That's right. And I like the Jungle Book. All right, but yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I was sitting over. Like, yeah. When's the last time you seen Ricky Ticky Tavy? Maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, you showed it to Adam? No. You watch it for yourself. Yes, I love Ricky Ticky Tavy. Ricky Tiki Tavi don't play with them damn snakes. So now how come you can love Ricky Tiki Tavi, but you made fun of me. This is between me and Vincent. Yes. And gentlemen. You made fun of me because I was rewatching Winnie the Pooh. Because Ricky Tiki Tavi is trying to save the little white boy from getting bitten by them evil ass snakes. So the whole thing is Ricky Tiki Tavi fighting snakes. Yeah. Which is awesome. Okay. Winnie you the Pooh is just a bear that don't have no pants on who keeps putting his arm in honey. But he's he's making friends. He has friends in the Hundred Acre Woods. Right, right. And they're learning how to, to live together right. and be friends. It's a giant cobra that says, I am death. And Ricky Ticky Tabby is like, not on my watch. There's a donkey that has a tail pinned to the back. And he's sad. And yet... In one episode, they wonder why he's so sad because he's sitting up on the hill and they can only see the back of him. And when they finally realize to just go up there and like, ER, why are you so sad? ER says, I'm not sad. I'm just waiting. Waiting for what, Eeyore? Waiting for that. And the rain passes and it's the rainbow. Ricky and t- they all see the rainbow and the show goes off. Ricky Ticky Tavi would kill every one of those characters. And then be Ricky Tiki Tavi's wood. And Christopher Robin would go, I'm so glad you're here, Ricky Tiki Tavi, because those animals were useless. He would not. He would he would not. Winnie the Pooh would befriend Ricky Tiki Tavi. And we would realize, oh dear, you have an anger streak. How about some honey? Ricky Tiki Tabby don't have no some friends. Honey. He would give him, he'd smear some honey on his face. All Ricky Tiki Tabby has. Put some has. honey on your face. Oh, okay, <laughs> can we move on? And now it's time for the Game of Kings. The Game of Kings. 
Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent has six films or less to connect Derville Martin to two actors that I give him. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping it in theme that has nothing to do with the film that we're reviewing. Okay. <laughs> the film that we were going to review starred uh, John Travolta. Yes. Who is an Italian actor, an actor of Italian. Right, right. Italian American actor. Yes. Yes. So these are two other actors. Okay. Who, believe it or not, if I'm correct. Okay. Are unbeknownst to many. Unbeknownst. Have Italian descent. Maybe Adam Sandler could make like a version of a, an Italian song. <laughs> Did the Jewish song. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Who we got? Italian uh, actors that we don't know are Italian. Right. Okay. In six movies or less, Vincent, connect mm-hmm. Dervell Martin to? To? Vince Vaughn. I mean, I think if I had to guess, I would have said he was Italian. But Vince Vaughn, I think usually I get to Vince Vaughn through, uh, what's her name? From um, I would because we we've talked about the film he made with what's her name from Friends. Right, let's see how. Oh, um, Jennifer probably, Aniston. Yeah, and probably a quick way to Vince Vaughn because you know I'd kind of do old school. I feel like we talk about Will Ferrell. Yeah, I, yeah. You somebody else besides Will Ferrell? Oh, <coughs> oh. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. I don't think I'll run out. Okay, okay, okay. Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Pam Greer is in Hitman with Bernie Casey. Mm-hmm. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Bernie Casey mm-hmm. is in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh. With David Bowie. Bowie. Okay. David Bowie is in Zoolander. With um Ben um Ben uh Stiller. Stiller. And then Ben Stiller is in Dodgeball. Okay. With Vince Vaughn. Very good. The man who fell to Earth, baby. Nice one, Vincent. Did you ever watch it? I've been telling you for years to watch the man the who original, fell to Earth. The original I have not you watched. You still have not watched The Man Who Fell to Earth. I have not watched the original. You got to watch it, man. Did you finish the series? I did not finish the series. You got to finish the series, Lynn. Okay. This is good stuff. Okay. And the man who fell to earth, like it's a perfect season of Afrofuturism. Beginning, middle, and end. I will watch it. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. All right. I will watch it. Very good, Vince. All right. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Uh-huh. All right. Now, this one may be a little harder. Okay. In six Films or less. Okay. Connect Derville Martin mm-hmm. to that man who is also of Italian descent. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Actually, that's going to be super easy. Also, I knew he was Italian because I believe he's um, Francis, Cork, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew or something. Correct. Like I know he's in the Coppola family. Yes. Yeah. And then he's, you know, because he's in that Wes Anderson mm-hmm. camp. 
So, 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 you know, you always can get to him, but I will get to him. And I really like him, although it's going to sound like I don't, because I'm about to say this is my favorite film by that he's in. And it's his first film because um, Dervo Martin is in Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore is in Penitentiary 2 with Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, as we just talked about last week, was in Ghostbusters with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray is in Rushmore Very with good. Jason Schwartzman, which is my favorite Jason Schwartzman movie. That is your favorite Jason Schwartzman movie where he is the lead. It is not your favorite Jason your favorite Jason. Oh, uh, wow. Do I like Rushmore more than beyond the spider verse? And the answer is no, but I guess I hadn't really thought about that till this exact second. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was thinking about Sing too, but okay. You were thinking about Sing too. You were thinking about Sing too. I don't like Sing too better than than Rushmore. <laughs> Very good, Vincent. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, you've connected those dots. Well done. Yeah, now I want to go watch Rushmore. Have you seen Rushmore? It's been a minute, but I enjoyed it. Love Rushmore. I did enjoy it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, before we get to our review of Flashdance, we want to give all of you who are watching us out there live on on um, YouTube, as we are streaming from Young Chunk, some exciting news. Vincent and I will no longer be in this studio after this week. Gasp. Because next week, we will be in the new home of Young Chunk, moving down the street to a Bigger studio, fancier vibe. It's going to be all new and pristine and and and, and glorious. And just to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> the favorite nation status that the Michelle Mission has in the world of young junk, they're actually making the move next week, but they only actually moving. Our studio next week because they said, Oh, we got to have the Michelle mission on regular time, so we got to get them in their space first. See, what you everybody all else. don't know is that the young junk people sound like 70s TV pimps when they talk. <laughs> That's exactly, yeah, my it's man Terry, disconcerting, and my man, especially Terry, because he's a big, beefy white boy. But this is exactly how we talk, dog. Right, right, He'd be yeah. like, Yo, man. We got to get some showmanship in there exactly first. exactly like if you close right your eyes. There. Like you're sitting right so, there. So as soon as they shut that boy down, you break that stuff right, down, right, Dylan. Right. He wants his, bring it downstairs. Take that down the street. Just, hook this joint up. Yeah, he wants nah, his saying. money folded, not rolled. That's exactly what he do, Terry. But I see you, Terry, because you know where the butter... Okay. Sup, bruh? All right, come on back. Next week. Come on back. Show us. mission, new house, young job. Yeah. But what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You're not having a stroke, are you? Nah. Okay. I'm all day, baby. Making sure. All day right here. Smell like burnt popcorn. Does anybody else smell burnt popcorn? Just making sure. Now that you mention it. See? <coughs> oh, Lord. 
Somebody get him a hard candy. <laughs> Let's get into our review of Flashdance. Right. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. You walk out there, and the music starts, and you feel it. Your body just moves. There's something inside of you that just clicks, and you're gone. It's like you're somebody else for a while. Her name is Alex. She works in a man's world. She dances in a world of her dreams. Flashdance. Just one time, it can change your life for all time. Flashdance is a 1983 romantic drama dance film. We're <laughs> in all the bases. Starring Jennifer Beals as a passionate young dancer who aspires to become a professional ballerina. Alongside Michael Norrie, who plays her boyfriend and the owner of the steel mill where she works by day. In that hub of ballet, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Directed by Adrian Lynn with the screenplay by Tom Headley. This 1983 film. Mm-hmm. Which is yet another film in which we will discuss what does and perhaps does not make a black film was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn Webb, what is your feeling <laughs> about Flashdance? <coughs> well, mm, I have so many feelings about Flashdance. Do you feel music now? <laughs> I don't feel music. Are you going to take your passion? And make it happen. I don't know. I'm keeping my passion right here. When I was a kid, I thought the song, the lyrics were take your pants down and make it happen. No, you didn't. Swear to God. Swear to God. I thought I thought the lyric was take your pants down and make it happen. (laughs) Swear to God. (laughs) You were a little boy. (laughs) You were a little boy. No, because I knew exactly what it was about. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, well, let's, you know, we're talking about this movie in the scope of is it a black film? And we'll sure. touch on whether that question, but sure. let's talk about the film itself. Absolutely. Uh, Flashdance, directed by, written by Thomas 
Hadley and Joe Esterhouse. Mm-hmm. Remember those names, especially mm-hmm. Joe Esterhouse. Directed by Adrian Lynn. Remember that name. Okay. And remember the time in which this movie is made. It's made in 1983. Mm-hmm. And, and 83 is the time of um, of Let's Get Physical. Yeah, Olivia Newton-John's mm-hmm. big hit from 1981 to 1982. Mm-hmm. Jane Fonda is big with on the exercise circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, people are, are 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 exercising left and right, and uh, people have on their leg warmers. Mm-hmm. The the and dancing is becoming more becoming like this this craze, this ex, exercise craze. Sure, 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 and. At the same time that you have all of this going on, you also have the rise of music videos. Well, well, it's yeah, it's percolating. And it's it's percolating mm-hmm. at the same time. And with the rise of mu- music video and the rise of any any type of um, visual uh, a, a breakthrough, it almost always starts centering around. Interesting enough. Women and their body. Sure, sure. And their bodies just being and finding ways to just really uh, accentuate their bodies as mm-hmm. much as you much as you can. And into that enters Joe Esterhouse, the writer, and Adrian Lynn, mm-hmm. the director, who, for those who who don't. The name may be um, not familiar to you. Adrian Lin is famous for this type of film. Okay. For these the highly stylized, you know, some overtly, some loosely sexual, uh, sexual innuendo mm-hmm. films. Um, what else has he made besides this? He's made Flashdance. He's made Nine and a Half Weeks. Mm-hmm. He made Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. Indecent Proposal. Mm-hmm. Remade Lolita. Yeah. Uh, which, um, and Unfaithful. Um, and Joe Esterhouse, the writer of this, is famous for writing films that are all, that are set in this world. Mm-hmm. This world of... Not so much the dancing world, but the world of uh, women performing for the pleasure of men. Mm-hmm. He writes flash dance. He more famously writes showgirls. Okay, which is set in the world of strippers, and and it's a a a cult film uh, to say the least. But flash dance is where it all it all begins, mm-hmm. and. At its heart, Flashdance, for the most part, is an innocent, innocent enough story. Mm-hmm. Young girl and mm-hmm. um, who doesn't ha- seemingly doesn't have any parents. We don't hear anything that happened to her parents. No, we don't know what happened to her parents. She seems to have taken up residence in a warehouse. <laughs> um, works at a steel mill. Just. Turning on machines, we don't see exactly no, what she's she, doing. No, 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 she's welding. Well, she's welding, but we don't. But we don't. We're not given any. We're not given any. 
Okay, she's a welder. Yeah, I think it's important to note she has a, an actual skill. Well, okay, she has a job. When's the last time you welded something? Okay. Let me answer for you. Never. Okay, okay, but 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 is welding necessarily a skill or something that you can be taught? Yeah, no. I, I mean, anything is anything you so can be taught. So she has a job. But my point is, she is welding. Okay, this she's welding. This is not something that people okay, just she's welding. show up and... Okay, she's welding. Okay, all she right. She doesn't have any parents. All right. She's she took occupation of a warehouse. Yeah. She's a welder. She's a welder. She dances at night. <laughs> And, and and dances, not dancing in 2023 as we've known to dance, like, quote, unquote, oh, she's dancing. Like, no, she dances. Yes, yes she does. She literally just, for the most part, dances. Yeah. Oh, she may be slightly scantily clad. Okay. But she's dancing. She's not a stripper. No. She's dancing mm-hmm. at a bar called Maubee's <laughs> in this blue-collar town of Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Maubee's. Which is a blue collar bar? Yeah, we're we're meant to believe absolutely. We're meant to believe that this is pretty much a bar where they make burgers, and they have this huge dance stage. <laughs> yes, they do. Where a host of women, at least ten women, <laughs> perform these elaborate <laughs> dance routines. With strobe lights, costuming. It's like Moulin Rouge. It's Moulin, it's Moulin Rouge in Pittsburgh. It, it, circa 1983. 1983, yes. Absolutely. What world have we stepped into? <coughs> that the welders yes. can't wait to break time mm-hmm. so they can go to Maubee's yeah. and sit and watch the women dance. Right, right. Put on, like you said, put on these elaborate productions. Put on these elaborate productions. That I mean, and, and ladies and gentlemen, these are elaborate productions. There is a woman that dresses in a kabuki mask mm-hmm. and a suit. Mm-hmm. Kabuki business lady who likes television. Yes. And has like strobe lights all over the place. <laughs> There's a woman that has a, a, a baseball mask mm-hmm. and she's beating on a black brick wall <laughs> and doing backflips. <laughs> and then and into this world, we have young 18-year-old 18. Jennifer Beals. Alex. Alex. Mm-hmm. Who? No parents. No parents. Occupies an entire warehouse, not just just a floor in the way. The entire warehouse is her, her house. This, this, that's what she says. That's this, what, this is where I live. This is where I live. This is me. Dances at night. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old, we're led to believe, if not the youngest, one of the youngest of the women but yeah. she's the voice of reason mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she has dreams of becoming a ballet star. Right, right. Ballerina. Sure, sure. Won't be a ballerina. She has a mentor, an old elderly lady named Hannah. Hannah. Miss Hannah. M- M- Hannah. Who yeah. was at one time a ballerina. Yes. And who believes that she can make it. Now, who is Miss Hannah to young Alex? 
We we don't know. Some old ladies. She's just, she just an old white lady. She just go walk up in the old white lady house, and, and she takes her to the ballet periodically. Period periodically, she goes to. The, that's what we know. Yeah, that's yeah. what we know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But this young eighteen-year-old in Pittsburgh is so captivating that. 40-year-old, to be fair, 36-year-old Michael Norrie <laughs> returned to his hometown after a bitter divorce <laughs> and taking over ownership of the steel mill. Yeah, 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 ownership of the steel mill. That's right. Walks in and sees young Alex do her famous flash dance. Yes. And her flash dance is her dancing to the beat of the night. Mm-hmm. She's and a maniac. She's a maniac on the floor, ladies and gentlemen, and then straddles herself on a chair, mm-hmm. yanks a chain, mm-hmm. and is splashed. Yes. Down with water, doused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drenched. Yeah. Yeah. In the wetness of all these men's desire. Yeah. Now, is she wearing, is, she, is it like just a, 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 is it like a wet t shirt contest? Situation happening, where she wearing like an actual just she's, wearing a, she's wearing like a bathing it's suit, it's a bathing suit a dress, like it's not even a wet t shirt, not even a wet t shirt. It's, it's no, just pour some water on me, just pour some pour some water on me. Like that's not in the soundtrack, but it could have been. It could, it should have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mind you, these men are watching the dance. They're not giving them any money. Well, it's not a strip club. It's not a strip club. Okay, but it's not, but look, even a, a drag show is not a strip club. No. But they they pass the hat. Well, look. There's no hat passing. Look, I don't know the economic what's the name of the place? Mobbies. I don't know the economics of Mobbies. We don't know the ep- economics. Know. But we know but we but we know the demographic. It's all the welders. Right, it's 50-year-old. It's 50-year-old welders. Worker dudes. <laughs> just sitting there watching all of these. It's like Bob Hoskins. <laughs> A young Robert Wall is, is, Robert is in there. He's like, hur, 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 hur. It's like, you know, it's Kurt, Arliss it's like all of a Kurt sudden. Russell at the end of the thing. It's like, it, it might as well be the people from the thing. Yeah. They, yeah. If they came to Pittsburgh, they right. would go to Malby's. Right, right. That's who was in Malby's. Right. I sure do like this modern dance production, which is a metaphor of late, late era capitalism and the way that multimedia goes into our brains and we are all slaves to it. And the use of kabuki, kabuki makeup is a symbol of how Japanese products have taken over the American economy. Yeah, the Industrial Revolution was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. No sense. But now young Michael Nori, <laughs> him of of the the curly curly afro. Curly afro, curly afro. Is taken in by Alex. Yo, yeah. Oh, he can't get enough of Alex. Can't get enough of Alex. Can't get enough of her. So much so that he's talking to his young his young guy. That's like, man, who who's she? And dude says, you don't know who that is. And then 
to show young Michael Nori that Alex is actually one of his workers at the steel mill. He doesn't tell him, oh, she works at the steel mill. No, he proceeds to tell him her whole social security number. Sure, sure, sure. That's one seven one five five three three zero one. Yeah, yeah. You should know. She worked for you. Yeah, that is an actual line from an actual script. From He's like, that's her phone number. That's her social security number. Which I just happen to have memorized. <laughs> this is not a detail of the plot that will be commented <laughs> nor followed up on at, at all. all. Like, whoa. Does he know her social security number? Because this is because it is a bar of sketchy dudes. <laughs> That's why included 36-year-old Michael Nori, who was getting getting the vapors off of 18-year-old Jennifer Bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm like, dude. Now, yes, it was a different time, 1983. <laughs> People ate veal. <laughs> I recognize that. I do recognize. And you know why I recognize that? Mm-hmm. It's because watching this today reminded me of one of my favorite shows of all time, Hill mm-hmm. Street Blues. Sure. But in doing a rewatch of Hill Street Blues over the pandemic, mm-hmm. I realized there was a, a storyline that was extremely icky in that in that show that everybody totally glossed over because it was the times. Mm -hmm. And that was this older dude, older desk sergeant. Mm -hmm. And I mean older, he was like in his fifties who was romancing, breaking up, getting back with and marrying a 15 year old. Yikes. Whose parents were with it they were at the wedding everybody it's never ever commented on about how old she is right right ever it's celebrated in it look man it was a different time different time 1983 1983 that's all i can say right so you have the so we have to dispel dispel belief sure from the top Sure, 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 sure. So in watching this movie, I'm like, okay, well, it's a little romance. And it's a movie that really doesn't even care about the story. This this story is, it's the bare bones upon which these music video interludes can be cut in, which is where they can do close-ups of everybody's, uh, uh, Jennifer Beale's body, um, the other dancer's body, or her body doubles, or her multiple body double yes, bodies. Yeah. Um, we'll touch on that in a second. <laughs> and that's really what this movie is mm-hmm, about. Sure. And if you were a dancer or an aspiring dancer mm-hmm. at this time, this is a movie that you rallied around. This oh. is a movie that, that spoke to you. Absolutely. You know, um, maybe not as much as say movies such as like fame at the time, mm-hmm. but it still did speak to you. It spoke, it spoke to, you know, what. Look, follow your dreams. What you could do. Yeah, it, exactly. Absolutely. And it is really about, at the end of the day, it's a Rocky story. You know, yeah. she's, it, is she going, she's a little trepidations about trying out to become a ballerina 
Is she going to go for it? Of course. Of course she is. Is she going to make it? Of course. Of course she is. Um, are there going to be a little, she's going to deal with a little bit of uh, setbacks? Very little, but yeah. yes. Yeah. And then, and, 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 and by little, I mean, she gets with Michael Nori. Then she thinks that he's cheating on her, finds out he's not cheating on her. So she gets back with him. He does her a favor. She doesn't like it, but then eats the crow, takes the, accepts the favor, and it's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. That's basically what, basically what happens in this sure, movie. Sure. In between, she has a best friend that wants to be an ice skater who whose father doesn't really want her to be an ice skater, but he sees her skating and he comes around to, oh my God, she's so talented, she's so beautiful. And he's roots for roots for his daughter. There's a comedian that wants to be a comedian who should not be a comedian. He's just stayed to flipping burgers, but he wants to be a comedian. He's going for his dreams, going out to California. Sure. God bless him. There's a guy who runs a strip club who wants to get Alex in his in his strip club. Um manhandles her a little bit. But ultimately, Michael Nori comes to the rescue and that plot quickly peters out. It doesn't go anywhere. It, the, 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 the writers and the directors don't have any care about any story. And like no, I said, it's all much. just something to that, hang on. It's not this movie. It's, it's all about the, 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 the music mm-hmm. and the images. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Lin, as a director, is a man is about images. And he, he does know how to point a camera in a certain way mm-hmm. and accentuate not only just a woman's body, but he knows how to set a scene. There sure. are some scenes that, that are very evocative um, that, you know, some of the montages of Jennifer Beals and Michael Norrie characters, they fall in love. Mm-hmm. You know, they're cute enough. Um, they're 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 well orchestrated, mm-hmm. but it's it. At the end of the day, this is a movie that I, I just really couldn't understand, and it's all about Jennifer Beals. This is this is yes, her this 100%. is one hundred percent her coming out party. She's one hundred percent. Alex is 18 years old and Jennifer Beale is also 18 years mm-hmm. old. Jennifer Beale was um, a, 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 a student at Yale who did some modeling, who was talked into going to, to an audition and lo and behold, she got the role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's more or less what happened. Mm-hmm. And she, and she, she took on, took on a role. And for that, She's not bad. She's an eighteen-year-old girl. You know what I mean. I'm not going to knock her. She she comes across as an eighteen-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Beale, let's you know, Barry the lead is a beautiful woman. Oh yeah. So she, you can completely see why someone would be attracted to her. Mm, absolutely. Um. So that that tracks. She's likable enough in. The, in the film, but the film doesn't just wants to get her from set piece to set piece to set piece. Sure. <clears throat> and it has the trappings of giving her a character. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a dancer. She's a welder. You're not given any idea of 
How does she get the welding job? Why does she weld? Where does how does she get to Pittsburgh? Where are her parents? Where who does she live with? How does she come in this this warehouse? Why is she a dancer? Why is she scared about going out to become a ballerina? Who is Hannah? How did she meet Hannah? You don't. Why is she the voice of reason? Grunt is her dog. Where does she get a dog? Grunt. So many questions and they're never answered character. The, the 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 movie does not care at all no. about her it just wants to get her from one set piece to another set piece it wants to show her you know taking off her bra underneath her sweatshirt which oh, is a yeah. famous scene yeah they want to show her at a at dinner taking off her dinner jacket showing that she just has on her collar bow tie and the mm-hmm. cuffs mm-hmm. famous scene mm-hmm. they want to show the flash dance of course which is a famous famous scene mm-hmm. they want to show her dancing at the at the uh audition That's which right. is a famous scene however those last two famous scenes that's not Jennifer Beals, ladies and gentlemen, because Jennifer Beals famously, as she admits, is not a dancer. No, she's an act. She's an actress. She's not a dancer. So those scenes are all with a body double. Not one. Not two. Mm-mm. Three body doubles. Mm-hmm. There's a body double that does the dancing. Yes. There's a body double that does the backflips. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's a body double <laughs> who we all know and love here on the Michelle Mission by the name of Crazy Legs. Yes, sir. That's right. Crazy Legs of the Rocksteady Crew. Yeah. That's right. Your man, Crazy Legs of the yeah. Rocksteady Crew, yeah. who plays. Alex, yeah. when she break dances yeah. at the audition, mm-hmm. that is crazy legs in a wig yeah. and a tutu yeah. doing the break dancing. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell because it's like at least the other two bot stunt doubles <laughs> are women. Are women. But like when you see her doing this the backspin, he actually has biceps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Like it is clearly a man. Yes. In a leotard spinning on his back. Either that or Alex is turning into She-Hulk as she backspins. As she she backspins. Because while the other um, body doubles are women, they are decidedly more chiseled than Jennifer Beals. Because they're dancers. (laughs) And some might say, Taller than Jennifer Beals. All of a sudden, she's because they're dancers. Got a little height, yeah, on her. Um, it's 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 very interesting. And famously, at the time, none of the body doubles are credited. No, in the movie, no, 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 because they did not want to blow the illusion. Sure, that Jennifer Beals was not doing this actual dancing. Sure. Um, and and a lot of people. You know, they were there for the hype. So it was whatever. So the movie is what it, it, it doesn't age well, mm-hmm. but it still is very much what it is. Sure. But why it is here on the Michelle mission tonight, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. is because the question is, is this a black film? And it all begins and ends with Jennifer Beals. Okay. As you pointed out, mm-hmm. is a woman who of biracial descent. Right. Uh, an African-American father. Yes. And I believe an Irish 
Catholic mother. Yeah, white. Right. <laughs> hey, white. <laughs> white. It always kills me. Like, all of a sudden, it's 23 and me when we want to talk about the white parent. Well, my father's African-American. My mother is of Scottish, Irish, Nordic, and Finlandish extraction. You mean white? <laughs> yes. White. Yes. So, um, so, which means that Jennifer Beals is bi- biracial. Is biracial. Biracial, or then, some might say black. Well, depending on, you know, where you sit in that defining yourself and how that works. I hear you. Mm-hmm. But I think the decision was made for us because in 1983, for her performance, in Flashdance, mm-hmm. she is awarded the NAACP Award for Best Actress in a Film. Sure. Now, but did she go out for that or did, because, you know. Lot, I mean, yes, they, like, they, lot, they like, gave like, it to you her. You know, there's a lot of us. We always just want to recruit people. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and Jennifer Beals famously here, and we've talked about this on the show, plays my, my favorite Jennifer Beals role. Devil in the Blue Dress. A black woman, you know, now I'm all paranoid. Well, shit. She's a black woman who's passing for white. Yes. In devil in a blue dress. Yes. So, you know. Well, I think, but, but to your point, Jennifer Beals, who at 18 years old, you got to imagine, had, we know, had zero agency in this movie. Right. Um, so she is not making a call at, at all. Mm-hmm. And as you stated when we were you know introducing the film, she is in a role that is not coded black at all. No. There's there's there's, there's it her race has absolutely nothing to do with her performance mm-hmm. in this film. She, she could just as easily be Olivia Newton-John right in this film. Um so the question then becomes, though, is it a black film if the lead is someone who biracial? Mm-hmm. The NAACP seems to want to put it in that ba- mm-hmm. in that bag, you mm-hmm. know, for whatever reason. Sure. For the for the Michelle mission, does it fit that criteria? What have you to say of Flashdance? I mean, you know, it, it's much like you. It's a bananas film. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you know, I, I think the, the thing about the direction and the speed of the direction is that it moves so fast because it doesn't want you to really think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about this film for longer than 15 seconds, it doesn't make a lick of sense nope. as, as we've talked about this Alex character and the reason I kind of wanted to underline this, like you don't just become a welder. Like this is a, an actual skilled profession. True. She it's is union, yeah. 18 years old. When the hell does she learn how to become a welder? Like what we know about her, she's from Altoona. Yes. This is all from the movie. She's from Altoona. She is 18 years old. She is a welder mm-hmm. at this because, you know, the other thing is, you know, when, when we talked about uh, the, the character says to Michael Nori, oh, you don't know who she is. And it's like, well, why don't you know where she like you have a crew of, of 30 dudes 
29 of them are 50 year old men. And then there's the one 18 year old girl. Yeah. You've never noticed the 18 year old girl up there with the welding tools. Well, two at least in, in the movie's defense, he just got back. Sure. He, sure. Town. He just got there. And I guess that never came up when they said, Hey, what's going on at the factory? It's like, well, you know, it's 29, we got, we got 29, we got 29, 50 year old dudes who've been welding for 25 years. And you know, we've got master, master welders and journeyman welders. An apprentice. And so, uh, got a couple of apprentices. Oh, and there's also an 18 year old who's welding. She's got this warehouse. She she has these aspirations to be a ballerina. She has never taken any dance lessons. No, no. Self-taught. Self-taught. As you mentioned, she has this relationship with this woman, Hannah. It's never explained what this relationship is. There's this weird bar that she dances at. All of, you know, all of it. It's not weird. It's called Mobbies. Mobbies. Much like you, though, all jokes aside, it does move. Mm-hmm. And and I do think, you, you know, we talked about it, its connection to MTV. This is a film that famously kind of was part of the organic rise yeah. of music videos. And mm-hmm. you very like, like, you know, particularly around a, a song like Maniac, where it's it's her working out. Mm-hmm. And the whole sequence of the film is basically a music video. Yep. You talk about the final scene where she actually auditions and, you know, Irene Kara's famous, what a feeling. Yeah. It's a great scene. And it's a scene that has pretty much become the stock way that you show someone kind of going out for a role, kind of auditioning. Like, you know, it's got the, the, the desk with this kind of, old stodgy kind of buttoned up white mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. and then you come in and she does it and it's a great scene it's well shot it's, it's well, shot. well shot you get to appreciate the full routine you absolutely do um much like you i think you 100% understand how jennifer beals wins this role out over other people that went out for it including a young demi moore mm mm-hmm. mhm She's she's a, you know she's a beautiful young girl. She really is. I think she has presence even at eighteen. Um, like you mentioned, her taking off that bra through her sweatshirt is such a sexy little moment. Yeah, and you know she plays it well because she doesn't play it for sex. She doesn't play it for sex. It's actually a nice scene because you see. She's playing as a young person who doesn't actually get necessarily what she's doing. And Michael Norrie, who is, again, in his mid 30s, is trying to kind of play it off. Like, that's actually my favorite little scene in the movie between them. Um, Yeah, that's the only one there. There's a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of chemistry. So, you know, I like Jennifer Beals. As far as it being a black movie, you are 100% right that there is nothing about this film that this character is coded as black. But I would also argue the film has her or, or creates this character in a way. She's not coded as white. Like you listen to her talking. There are no relatives. 
Because again, she's not related to Hannah. Or if she is related to Hannah, they don't talk about it. No, Hannah is her mentor. Her mentor. You don't see any of her family. Nope. No pictures, nothing. There are no pictures. There is nothing that says, I am white or I am black. And you have to think that part of this is deliberate because Mm. of who Jennifer Beals is. Because she is, when she is on the screen with these other white people, ambiguous. Like, I think, I think you look at her, and I'm thinking particularly of, of the scenes where she's with her, um, with the other dancers. Like, you, you mentioned she has a best friend who, frankly, has a better story. Yeah, and she does. Yeah, Jeannie. Jeannie. Like Jeannie, Jeannie is actually the one with the story. Mm-hmm. Wants but, to be the skater. But she's a little darker than Jeannie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, is she Italian? Is she Hispanic? Is she like, what is she? She's a little darker. You know, as you mentioned, Michael Nori has a little bit of that going on as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got some mores in his family. Right. So that it is ambiguous. And then, as we said, just bio, bio, biologically, she is biracial. Mm-hmm. But then you have to think, how does this work in this film? So you take her out and you put in someone like Rashida Jones, mm-hmm. also biracial. Mm-hmm. Is it a black movie with Rashida Jones? If we're saying it's a black movie with Jennifer Beale, well, then we, I, we're not necessarily saying that because I think a lot of times, you you know, genotype is a mess because we all are just genetically, but but you know we're talking phenotype. This is a visual medium, mm-hmm. so we judge this by how it looks. You and I have talked before. You know these Denzel Washington movies, these Will Smith movies, these movies are only black people in the movie, but they're these Eddie Murphy movies. You know, but he's a lead. Everything is revolving around him. It's a black movie. Mm-hmm. But these are people who are unambiguously black. Mm-hmm. So now you got somebody like Jennifer Beals in this movie we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. We bring in Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm. Also, I would argue is a bit ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But you know more about her background mm-hmm. because her father is famous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Quincy Jones. Okay. So now we take her out. And we put in Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. Is it now, now is it getting blacker? Or is it the same level of black? It's probably the same level as Rashida. See, okay, all right, let's take Tracy Ellis Ross out. Okay. And put in Haley Berry. It's black. It's black. It's black. But she's a biracial as well. Yeah, but it, it's black. But but now the no, but you see what oh, I see what you're saying. You you know, is this a matter of do we define these films by phenotype? Like they look what we would say is black. Unless there's something in the script, you know, oftentimes the way they signal these things well, I think is that they'll, they'll have a parent show up. Yeah. yeah and it'll be yeah. like, you know, Brock Peters will show right, up right. and say, hey, baby girl, let's go get some, some sweet, waffles, some sweet potato pie, which is something that we have because of our African-American heritage. And then you say, oh, OK. But a film like this, it doesn't give you it doesn't it, it doesn't give you that right it doesn't it get, doesn't give you right. okay but but there are films by like you said denzel what, what uh will smith mm-hmm. um 
I'm thinking of uh, what's the one where he's in the the Bone Collector? Is that the one when Denzel's in the it, it's laid yes. up? It, that doesn't have to be Denzel, but you would still say that that's a black film because it's Denzel in the lead, right? So I think I think that this would I would still consider this a black film. Now, does the world at large consider it a black film? Probably not, but. I would consider it a black film. Now, what if, and I don't know this because as you know, just, just, just a programming note, as y'all know, this was a last minute substitution. So we didn't do the, have time to do the usual kind of look up things. And I've not seen any Jennifer Beale interviews or anything. I don't know. But for the sake of argument, Mm -hmm. what if Jennifer Beals and the way that she claims her identity, like some biracial people do, Say, I don't see myself as black. I am biracial. I am multiracial. I am however people define themselves, which frankly, I think people should be able to define themselves Mm -hmm. the way they want to define themselves. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. Jennifer Beals, again, I don't know for the sake of argument, were to say I am a biracial woman. Mm -hmm. Which I which I do think. I've read interviews that that is more along the line. Okay, well, I don't I don't know. But if she says that. Would yeah. you still call this a black film? Yeah. Okay. She can see, she can, she can, that's fine. That's fine. I would still call it a black film. So you're in the business of recruiting people? I guess so. Okay. All right. I want Jennifer Beale on our team. And I think she's more on our time. Hey, man, look, like I said. She's I'm, more on our side. Look, I, hey. Vin Diesel's on that side. Look. I think she's on our side. I mean, I think these are all, you know, again, we, we are, we are now. We, I think that's the difference. There you go. There you go. What? what, what? <clears throat> Vin Diesel. A Vin Diesel movie. And Vin Diesel has made a career out of being, playing these kind of ambiguous mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, even, even in, in the, in the fast, fast and furious movies, it's like a, a hodgepodge of people. Who have been who he ha, who he yeah, who this person's his brother, this person's his mother. Yeah, you, you know, know you don't know what somehow they got Rita Moreno hooked up into this nonsense. And, yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like people should be able to define themselves, and that's fine. And he defines himself, and I think he more right uh, as far as I see. Is uh, and I am not in the practice of recruiting people. Like if you ain't, you ain't black, you ain't black. Fine. So you would not say that this is a black film. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. Again, I I think, I think like again, we're 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 out on the border. Okay. I think this exact same film with someone like, well, again, Haley Bear. I think Haley Bear is a perfect example. It it it. Halle Berry and it doesn't make it a black film. Oh, I think it is a black film of Halle Berry because Halle Why? Berry has because Halle Berry has always said I'm a black woman. Okay, it's it's. Because of how and she, film is a visual medium, okay. And when you see Halle Berry, you very much see a black woman or someone who fits what many of us would see as a black, again, phenotype. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I, I, okay. But I guess my thing is, that I've never saw. Looking at Jennifer Beale, 
I've always saw the ambiguity. I've never saw. I never saw white. I always sure. I saw. Well, there's I'm not necessarily something. saying it's a white film. Like I said, I think that's what's so interesting. Like okay. I said, I don't think she's coded as white. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, that's what makes this film or part of what makes this film besides just all the really bizarre shit going on in this film, but kind of makes it more interesting. Well, you know than what? Than it really set out to be. It's interesting. There was a review of the film at the time that said, no, I think it was Roger Ebert. Who, who does not who like hated the, it? Who hated the movie. Famously hated Flash Nance. But I think he said that the mm. problem is is that the story behind the movie and Jennifer Beale's own story mm-hmm. is more interesting than the story of Alex the dancer. Well, well, again, and I'll take something back. I don't even. It's quite honestly, I don't think they thought about this script hard enough to make these kind of deliberate decisions. No, I don't think so yeah. at all. But I do think you have these moments in the film where it's about to make a statement about her past. Mm -hmm. And then it swerves and it doesn't. Like, like there's this, there's this exchange between her and Michael Norrie. He basically says, well, why are you here? Oh, well, I'm from Altoona. And it's like, okay, well, we'll hear a little bit about, her past and we don't yeah it just glosses over don't yeah yeah this whole bit with hannah who is very much set up to be her grandmother like everything about this relationship this is clearly her grandmother but then it's not right well i'm fine with it not being a grandmother it's just that we don't really get the connection outside of the ballerina and then you know you do have the one black character in there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one of the dancers. Right, one of the dancers is black. Who her big thing, and and I don't know if you noticed, but like when they first show her in the background in the in the dressing room, she's eating a banana. I did notice, and that. I said, "Ooh, I don't know. I feel like somebody should have caught that detail." And and then her great line when when one of the other girls is is complaining uh, about what's going on with her man trouble, she says, "I sure am glad I'm not a honky." Well, there's a line, yeah, of script, yeah, and then Joe Esterhouse, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the writer, the writer of Showgirls, right, right, that. right. And I wanted to the film, wanted the camera to like pan around and see what Alex was going to say. Alex, what are your views? Re honky them. Yeah, nothing. No, no, no. So, you know, but but I think. You brought up like Vin Diesel. I I do think there is this kind of fascinating bane of films Mm -hmm. that it forces you to say, what are your views on this? You know, so. And this is one of them? I I think this is one of them. I think this is, this is one of them. I think, and you know, it's also a fun film though. I enjoy flash dance. I enjoy flash dance. It's harmless. It's harmless. That's what I will say. I don't, I'm not going to say I enjoyed it, but it was harmless. It's zippy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's definitely zippy. Like I said, it the thing keeps moving. Would you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. 
this is this is 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 like if fame is too much, because I think fame gets a little heavy. It's a little heavy. Start, yeah, smelling itself a little bit. Yeah, like this is a this is lighter than fame. Well, yeah, you know, it's, a lot lighter than it's zippy. I think Jennifer Beals, even though she is young, she's very young, and and you know, I think she becomes a better actor. Oh, most as certainly. time goes on. Well, certainly, famously, but um, she has charisma. You, you know, you kind of like you 100% get it. Mm-hmm. Famously, after this movie, she returns to school. Yeah. And finishes school. I mm-hmm. think she only does one other movie while she's in school, and she only does that on, on her summer break. Is that The Bride? The Bride. How'd you feel about The Bride? I don't remember it. I liked The Bride. I don't remember. That's the, uh, she plays basically The she Bride. She plays of, The Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. And Sting plays um, Dr. Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't remember it. I'd have to see it again. I used to like The Bride. Now, I don't know if The Bride is that good. Sometimes movies. I really enjoyed The Bride. Yeah. yeah. Probably product of his time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I would recommend Flashdance. Sure. It's 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 harmless. Sure. Uh it's a product of its time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it it and it's not a look, it's probably the best thing that Adrian Lynn and Joe Esther House. Well, no, it's not the best thing because I got a soft spot for nine and a half weeks. Did you say you didn't say basic instinct? Did you say basic in that yeah. list of movies? Mm-hmm. You don't like Basic Instinct? No, I do like Basic Instinct. Yeah, okay, yes. But say, basic, come on, man. Basic Instinct, Instinct is an actual movie. That is a good, good, good. Yeah. All right. But I would still, I would say Flashdance. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. That's it's harmless. Fun. And, 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 but you, you, you say it's a black movie. You know what? I say it's a black movie, but to be fair and for the mission. Mm-hmm. I hear your argument mm-hmm. against it being a black movie. Mm-hmm. And I also recognize that I honestly don't feel the world at large looks at this and sees a black film. Sure. Not at all. So, so I'm fine with it mm-hmm. not being considered a black, you know, it, it will be okay. I was like, look, man, look. we'll be all right. Look, Jennifer's still with us. Look, we got her in the book of Eli. Look, I ain't trying to recruit nobody. Like, like we good. Team black people is good. We're solid. We are solid. We got a, what do they call it? A, what is it? A solid bench? Uh, what is it? A strong bench. We got a strong bench. Mm-hmm. We're good. We're good. People should be able to define themselves the way they want to define themselves. Amen. So, you know. Amen. All right. I'm black, y'all. And that's a fact, y'all. Blickety, blickety, blickety black. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, ladies and gentlemen, for Black History Month, as we continue our thesis of Is This a Black Film? Is this a black film? I invite you to let us hear what is on your mind. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. This M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Let Vincent and Lynn know what is on your mind. You can also follow us on all your social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Mission, And also go to the Mission YouTube page where you can subscribe to the YouTube page, hit the bell so you're notified of when we're going. Gu- 
go live, when we put up new videos. We just put up our mini review of The Greatest Night in Pop that just went up. <laughs> that was a, that was a, a, a fun, fun time. mini review. It was a half hour long. Um, <laughs> um, that just went up. So please subscribe to the Me Show Mission on YouTube. Um, and because we're a YouTube channel, we stream right here from Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. If you want to book yourself in one of the studios here at Yunk Junk, email Dylan, our man Dylan, at youngjunk.com. That's D Y L A N at youngjunk.com. It's right there for your spelling pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, and book yourself in one of the fabulous studios here at Young Junk. This one, this one is on the move next week. Oh, I can't wait. New chairs. Oh, anyway. <clears throat> the Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have another big announcement coming your way as we are going to announce the film that we will be screening in the kickoff of the Be Real Me Show screening series at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute uh, starting on March 20th. Next week, we will announce exactly what film mm-hmm. in the running is How Stella Got Its Groove Back or Pariah. The votes are in. We're tabulating the votes. Think we have a winner, but some late ones are coming in, so we're going to check it out next week. We'll make that announcement, and as we continue our thesis on is this a black film, we are going to take time to return to 1999 because that's when this film was made. Yes, but this film is about a time from beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's a Spike Lee joint. So it seems like it should automatically be black, right? It just should seem like it. Why are we on the why are we in the hinterlands talking about Spike Lee? I don't know. Join us next week as we review the Summer of Sam. Next week, here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams with co-production by Mo Poplar. Check out Mo's family travel podcast, Bun Amigos, at ashyfeet.com. Original music is provided by Alexa Gold. Visit Alexa Gold Music at Bandcamp for more of her melodies. The Michelle Mission is edited by Len Webb and produced for YouTube at Yunk Junk. Visit Dylan at youngjunk.com for more information.